Hello, planchettes. Greetings. Welcome to the Creepy Ouija Show. I'm your host, Leash. And I'm Taylor. Also a host. Also a host, yes. And I don't know what to say. I guess I probably should have thought of this first. You know what? It's cool. Anything good happened to you this week, Alicia? Uh, I guess. It was a bittersweet week. Um, Sorry, my cat's like using the litter box and it's right <laughs> next to us and he's obnoxiously loud. He just kicks litter everywhere. Wow. He really like, you know, one of our coworkers listens to our podcast. Hey, Megan, what's up? And she was like, it's so funny that like Ricky is like the star of the show. Like oh. he like made such a grand entrance every time. And this time he's doing it through his litter box. So we appreciate a reliable king. Right. Thanks, Rick. It's cool. It's great. Anyway, um, speaking of cats, my cat almost died this week, Oof. which was very traumatic for me. I was really scared. I did not know that lilies are toxic for cats. Um, apparently, everybody else in the world knew this, but I did not. And I had these flowers from Valentine's Day that Tony had gotten me, and they were sitting in my room on my bedside table for literally two weeks. Lonnie never touched them. And then, like, the day before she got a hold of them i thought to myself i should probably throw this away like they're starting to die whatever so i'm at work taylor comes home and she sees that lonnie's covered in yellow dust and if it was me i would have came home and been like what the heck did you get into gave her a bath and then moved on you know but thank god for tiktok taylor knew that toxic or lilies are toxic for cats and put two and two together i had lilies in my room lonnie had started eating some pollen so taylor and her boyfriend little angels rushed lonnie off to a vet hospital where she stayed for three days hooked up to an iv on fluids and they flushed her system and she did not get liver damage she does not have liver failure she is perfectly fine now her paws look really funny though because they had to shave them she's a fluffy cat she looks like a little chicken it looks like she's got little mittens on and she's just so good i'm so happy i was like freaking out i was so sad but yeah um so thank you taylor for saving my cat's life also thank you taylor and sam for raising like four hundred dollars for me towards my vet bill because it was a big fat chunk change <laughs> um and everybody who donated to me um like quite a few people chipped in so that was really sweet i wasn't expecting that so um all of you get good karma there you go good karma good karma for you good karma for you um how was your week tay anything fun happened well i spent a lot of money this week yeah yeah just buying stuff just and stuff. then rent and bills yeah um and now I'm locked out of my bank account. Oh, my God. So we oh, have no. no idea how much money we have. But Yikes. it's chill. It's cool. Um, hopefully, it's back up in a couple days because, again, I have bills due this week. But that's scary. I know. It's that terrifying. Is, this is probably the scariest thing you're going to hear today. It is. <laughs> but we're going to stay positive and hope that it is up tomorrow. Yes. Fingers crossed. Manifest yes. it. It'll, Manifest it'll be fine. It. Just call them. I did. It's oh. not, it's, 
Like, the app is just down. Like, their whole, like, website and app are down. Oh, so, no. like, if I want to know my balance, I have to drive an hour to go to my bank because... Oh, man, you need to switch banks. I can't because I have a loan with them. Oh, so I can't mind. switch until that loan is paid off. That's terrifying. I know. I'm so, so sorry. We'll see how the week goes. It'll be fine. It'll be great. It'll work itself out. I know. Yay. Well, that yeah. that is very scary. Yeah. But, but do, do you want to hear something um, much, much scarier? Yes. Because I have got quite a story for you. Also, Ricky is so smelly. He's just like wafting in. He's just a smelly cat. Like, he's there's so nothing that I can do about stinky. it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I have a... Wait, real quick. What? I just have to say something. What? Speaking of Ricky, this morning I woke up to his paw covering my eye oh my god and i'm like i like opened my eyes and kind of like pushed his paw out of the way like Mm -hmm. and i'm like you're literally the cutest fucking thing in the world but you're gonna give me pink eye yeah he just he just wanted to touch your face he's the cutest fucking thing and then he just like when i like got up i didn't like get up i just woke up and like kind of like pushed him off my face and then he came and, like, sat on my head and, like, cupped his belly around my head and oh. just stared out the window for probably two hours. Oh, my God. He's such a sweet little angel. I know. I love him. He always has to be touching me. <sighs> That's, like, ideal in a cat, though. You I know? Because, like, a lot of people have cats that, like, don't want to cuddle. They, like, don't give a shit. Well, and I'm the only person who he will yeah with. he's never even hopped up on my bed he nothing does not like anybody he doesn't even re- like he likes sam but like he, let me rephrase that he tolerates sam he tolerates others yes but loves his mama. but he loves me anyway back to the story <laughs> that's precious okay so i have a serial killer this week but i before everyone yells at me i want to say that like this story he doesn't get charged for murder and it's never proven that he technically murdered people, but it's he fucking did. Okay, so I'll just let you guys be the judge. Okay, that's so. like Casey Anthony anyway. Exactly. Different like we know we know that she's a murderer. It's like this guy. Okay, so Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Bar Jonah. That's a name. That is not his birth name. He oh. was born as David Paul Brown, and he was born February fifteenth. 1957 in Worcester, Massachusetts. Who goes from a name like, what'd you say, David Paul Brown to Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Barjona? I will tell you exactly why. Oh, okay. Because. Are those the names of his victims? No. Okay. No, it's much stupider. Okay. Okay. So from what I've gathered, David had a relatively normal life. There were no reports of like family trauma, child abuse, or brain damage, which is sometimes linked to cases of people growing up to be serial killers there were no reports of family trauma child abuse or brain damage which is sometimes linked to um like cases where people grow up to be serial killers but from an early age despite his regular upbringing david showed signs that he was not a regular child at school david would pick his skin until like it scabbed and then pick the scabs, which isn't that odd of a behavior for kids or really anyone. I mean, I'm guilty of picking at my skin when I'm, like, nervous or stressed out. And then, like, picking scabs is just kind of common anyway. I don't pick my scabs, but, like, I understand. But what makes it so odd is that David would take it further. He would pick his scabs 
and then he would suck on the blood Ew. to the point where his skin would fester. Ew. I hate that word, but that's how it was described, and that's how I'm going to leave it. His skin started to fester, and he just, like, sucked on his skin. So the problem got so bad that the teachers had to reach out to his mother to let her know that it was disturbing not only the teachers, but his other classmates, and they reached out multiple times. Basically, they were, like, watching this kid eat his arms. But his mom didn't seem too alarmed from what I can tell, and it just kind of became this, like, weird thing that the weird kid did. Unfortunately, the nastiness does not end there. In fact, it gets much worse. So at just seven years old in 1964, David invited his five-year-old neighbor to play, claiming he had gotten this super cool future-telling Ouija board for his birthday. But David didn't invite her into his living room or his bedroom. David invited her to the basement, which is just really creepy. The young girl didn't think anything of it, though. You know, David was only seven years old. He was a neighbor. He was someone familiar. And she didn't realize that, like, a basement isn't, like, a normal place to play. I mean, in some cases, people have finished basements. But it sounded like this was not a finished basement. This was, like, a creepy storage basement. So David lured her down there. But when they reached the bottom of the stairs, there was no Ouija board to be found. In fact, David had no intention of showing her a Ouija board at all. The seven-year-old grabbed the five-year-old by her neck and attempted to strangle her. Jesus. She immediately began to scream, which alerted David's mother. And by the time she got down to the basement, David had let go of the girl and nothing really came of it. The girl went home, probably never played with David again, and David didn't get so much as a slap on the wrist for the incident. It wasn't until David was 13 that he decided to strike again. David reached out to another neighbor to play, this time a six-year-old boy. He asked him if he'd like to go with David to a nearby hill to go sledding. The boys rounded up their equipment, headed over to the secluded hill, but when they reached the top, David revealed he had no intentions of sledding at all and instead raped the young boy. David is... 13. I mean, I know that, like, young boys have, like, horny thoughts and stuff like that. But, like, rape is such a disturbing, violent crime. And he's 13 years old with the urge to rape a six-year-old. Like, that is truly so bizarre. It's not normal, you know? I mean, of course it's not normal. But it's, like, especially alarming because he didn't have, like trauma in his life right that there, like it's not like a learned be or yeah it's not a learned behavior it's yeah. not like something that he has had happen to him so it's really unsettling in 1973 equipped with a letter constructed out of cut up letters and words from a magazine 15 year old david targeted two young boys riding bikes up and down his street The letter that he constructed asked the boys if they wanted to go with David down the street to the graveyard and that if they did, he'd give give them $20 and had a surprise for them. The boys ended up accepting David's offer, but upon arriving at the cemetery, one of the boys ended up getting like really uncomfortable and freaked out and convinced the other one that it didn't really seem like such a good idea because they didn't know David. 
So they both ran away. Luckily for them, they must have had like a guardian angel looking after them because the surprise David had in mind was his intent to kill both of them and leave them in the graveyard. Big wolf. Yeah. The boys reported the incident to the police, but no charges were pressed against him. And the boy's mother insisted that David needed psychiatric help because he seemed off. So wait, how did they, how did the, if the boys left, how did they know what he was going to do? They didn't know, but they told, maybe they did know. It wasn't really clear, but like something was off. They told their mom, the mom called the police, Gotcha. you know, they just reported that something weird was going on. Yeah. Gotcha. For the next couple of years, uh, David kept a low profile, but thoughts of hurting and assaulting other children never stopped. David spent days and nights dreaming up ways uh, to draw in his next victim, and finally he came up with the perfect plan. During his senior year of high school, David decided to start dressing up as and impersonating police officers to gain the trust of young boys. Hmm. I feel what? like that's always the, the go-to. Mm-hmm. It's like impersonating a police officer. Because it's like you essentially, when you're younger, want to trust the yeah. authorities. You know, yeah. they're supposed to be there to make sure you're safe, keep you safe, blah, blah, blah. Um, I know they don't always do that, but young children As a are going to be yeah. like, I have been raised to listen to police officers, uh, you know, like, right. so they're like, oh yeah, I can trust you. You're a police officer. So one March morning in 1975, David spotted eight-year-old Richard O'Connor walking to school. Dressed as a police officer, he stopped the boy and convinced him that he needed to get in his car right away. The young boy, not knowing that David was an imposter, got in his car. Once inside, David locked the doors and began not only raping him, but strangling him at the same time. Fortunately for Richard, a neighbor witnessed the whole thing uh, from David approaching the boy to the assault. The witness immediately called the police, who found David's car parked at the far side of a parking lot away from all the other cars. David was still inside, and the young boy was clinging on for life in the passenger seat, covered in his own excrements and urine from the assault. This is a an eight-year-old boy. Ew. And Ugh. David is, what, like, 17? 17 or 18. 17 or 18. Yeah. So it's like, that's just fucking disgusting. Yeah. David was arrested on site. And the boy's life was saved. He was, like, just barely alive. But justice wasn't exactly served. Um, David was only sentenced to one year probation. Okay, yeah, so David is 17. It's the 70s and David is a minor. But abducting, strangling, and raping an 8-year-old boy deserves more than one year of probation. More than one year of anything. Yeah, it's uh that just doesn't seem right right so now there's this pattern that's beginning to show that no matter what david does he doesn't actually ever get in trouble his mom turned a blind eye to the incident with the young girl in the basement nothing ever came from the boy on the hill and now david's only getting one year probation for abduction strangulation and rape but 
probation did not stop David, and he had a plan for getting around it. Of course he did. Of course he did. Just before David graduated high school, he drove over 60 miles to Hartford, Connecticut, where he again dressed as a police officer. Here, he abducted a nine-year-old girl and raped her in his car, but she started vomiting and convulsing, so he pushed her out of the car and just, like, left her on the side of the road. Again, a witness had watched this occurrence and reported his license plate number to the police. David was arrested, but because he was in a different state, he was in Connecticut, not Massachusetts, it didn't get back to his parole officer. What? Yeah. I feel like that should be like one circumstance where it absolutely does, because if you're on probation, I'm pretty sure you can't leave the county. You would think, but you just fucking wait. This story is insane. I guess it is the 70s, too. I don't know what laws were like in the 70s. Yeah, I mean, it, things were different back then. Less technology. But but still, um, David ended up getting away with it. So, in May of 1976, David was released from his one-year probation. And I shit you not, this motherfucker received a letter praising him for his flawless cooperation ew yeah in september 1977 david decided to take things up a notch he convinced two young boys leaving a movie theater that he was an fbi agent fbi agent (laughs) like because being a police officer isn't enough another instance of young boys not knowing better and believing that David was who he said he was and getting them into his car. David drove the boys to a private wooded area where he had set up a tent. He handcuffed both boys, threw one of them in the trunk of his car, and the other one he tried to suffocate. Not strangle. Suffocate. Ew. I want to point out the fact that David is now 20 years old, and weighs 375 pounds. Oof. That's a big bitch. Literally, I was not, I was expecting like a tall skinny dude, to be honest. No, he is a big fat motherfucker. So David decided to suffocate the kid by sitting on him. Oh. Sitting on him. Baby boy, no. I am not sure if that's easier or what the fuck that's about. But he sat his fat ass there until he thought the boy was dead. Oh, my God. After he got up, lit a cigarette, and in an attempt to see if the boy was still alive, blew smoke and ash in his face. But the boy didn't move, so David thought he was dead. David left and drove off with the other boy still in his trunk. But when he saw that David had driven away, the boy got up. He was totally fine. Like, he didn't. He did not die. I'm sure he, like, sustained some kind of injury. But he ran off and found someone to help him. And uh, the authorities hopped on it. And they quickly found David before he could actually even assault the other boy. David was arrested again. But this time, he was actually convicted of attempted murder and sentenced to 18 to 22 years in prison. Which... Sounds great, right? Sounds like I'm assuming that didn't happen either. Sounds like he's getting what he deserves. 
but he was transferred to Bridgewater State Hospital for sexual predators. During this stay, he told many psychiatrists many times for as long as he could remember, he always had this deeply intense sexual fantasy about dissection, murder, cannibalism, and torture, all involving children. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What is this hospital? Bridgewater State Hospital for Sexual Predators. So, hold the fucking phone. You're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that there is a hospital, a mental hospital, I'm assuming, dedicated to sexual predators. Okay, so listen. This... Put them in the ground. (laughs) I... Nope. A gun. A bullet is cheaper on my taxes than that fucking hospital. Okay. Um... Sorry, that Thank was God we don't live in Massachusetts. <laughs> We're not paying for the hospital. I will literally shit my pants. So, fun fact. Bridgewater State Hospital is a state facility that houses the criminally insane and was the inspiration for American Horror Stories Briarcliff Asylum in season two. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. This place is actually fucking horrendous and known for its insane treatment of inmates, patients. I don't know what you want to fucking call them at that point. But... People are forced to not wear clothing because it's cheaper and less uh, care they have to do. People are forced to walk around naked there. Like, they like they don't want to be naked. It's not a case of people taking their clothes off and being, like, free the fucking nipple. Right. It's like, you don't get clothes because I don't fucking feel like clothing you. People are given brutal care treatments, like like, injecting people with things and, like, all the cigarette smoke, like doctors smoking cigarettes while like taking care of patients. And people are kept there for their entire lives when they were only supposed to be there for a year or two. Um, so I'm going to go shit on their doorstep. Yeah, I can't. I didn't like really deep dive that hard, but um, I'm not sure if it's like that today still. I'm going to assume that it's not. Either way. But it was like that in the 70s, which is fucking terrifying. Absolutely fucking terrifying. So, anyway, this is where David decided to change his name for the most absurd reason. And no fucking reason at all. This, like, blows my mind. So, David Brown changed his name to Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Barjona. And the reason he gave was this. To honor his Jewish heritage. What? And to know what it was like to face discrimination for being Jewish. It's unclear as to whether or not he even had any Jewish heritage. He w- he wasn't, like, outwardly Jewish. I don't know if that's the right word. He wasn't, like, he didn't identify as a Jew before. Huh. It was so bizarre. But, like, this literally never comes up again for the rest of his life. Like, he changed his name for this reason. But, like anti-semitism isn't a theme in his life at all no one was ever racist to him before or after this name change it's just like totally fucking random and weird like but like also he's a fucking insane yeah terrible not right person so i guess it makes sense i mean not saying that you have to have like a lot like a certain like type of last name or you know whatever to like be jewish but like brown isn't even close i don't think 
No, that's like so like not Jewish at all. My boyfriend is Jewish and his last name is Leitzen. I think that sounds pretty Jewish. I don't really know like what a Jewish last name is supposed to sound like. Like I mean Jonah, yeah, I guess I get I could pick that yeah, out. But that's but not like his birth name. Nathaniel, that's like a normal name. I mean, I don't I don't know dick about shit, so like whatever. Um yeah, same, but <laughs> so anyway, uh yeah. This, this name change, bizarre, but whatever. I am going to refer to him as Nathaniel from now on. So no longer David, Nathaniel, same person. Nathaniel was released from Bridgewater in July 1991 when a superior court judge decided that the system had failed to prove he was actually dangerous. What? I don't know. What? I have no fucking clue. I'm outraged. It's, you sound like it. <laughs> it's like the most, <laughs> the most monotone. I'm outraged. I'm outraged. I'm outraged. You tell him, tra- girl. I'm trying to keep my cool while expressing my feelings. Uh, I respect that. <laughs> so then, once he got out, Nathaniel decided to write a letter about his experience to a local newspaper where oh he God. thanked God for his release from prison, which is like, Aren't you supposed to be Jewish? I mean, Jewish people do believe in God. It's just a different, like, thing. I don't, I don't know. It's just They believe in the same God. They just don't believe that Jesus was a prophet. He also, like, talked about, like, these two Christian psychiatrists that had helped him out a lot. So it's just like, it makes. Yeah, that's, that's weird. It makes no sense. You know, it's just like, what, what are you doing? But just one month later, Nathaniel was out and about one rainy day when he spotted a young boy sitting alone in a car. Naturally, Nathaniel was drawn to him and made his way over to the car where he opened the door, got inside, and sat on the seven-year-old boy. He sat on him. For what? For what? I don't know what it is with this man or why he likes sitting on children, but that's his fucking thing. He fucking sits on people. That's disgusting. It's like reverse Santa. Ew. <laughs> Real bad Santa. So when Nathaniel noticed that there were people watching him and looking at him and saw him get into this car and engulf this small child with his ass, he got up and out of the car. The police were called and they knew immediately who the culprit was based on the description given. Mid-30s dude, like 400 fucking pounds sitting on a kid couldn't just be anyone right you know so when they caught up to nathaniel to question him about the incident he claimed he was just trying to get out of the rain and he intended on asking the kid's mom for a ride home oh so you sit on him <laughs> so like she wouldn't have cared that you decided to sit on her kid's lap and turn him into a fucking fruit roll-up oh you just you know you're 400 pounds and you just sat on my toddler like <laughs> yeah sure let's let me yeah. give you a ride home she was just like yeah yeah come on bud also, just a fucking stranger getting in your car right, with like, your kid. Like, no, sir, get out of my car. Even if he got in the back seat, like, get the fuck out of here. Get away from my child. Get away from me. Get away from my car. Yeah. If you touch my car, I'm going to bow you in the Get neck. a fucking umbrella and a bus pass, bitch. Literally. Get out of here. So, again, Nathaniel was arrested, but only put on probation, this time for two years. But this probation was fucking odd this probation makes no sense i don't know what they're doing over there in massachusetts but i don't agree with it 
You're so, wrong, Massachusetts. You're fucking right. wrong. So he was allowed to be on probation and stay out of prison, but only if he moved out of Massachusetts and went to go stay with his mom in Great Falls, Montana. What? When you're on probation, isn't the whole fucking thing that you have to, like, stay there? Yeah. So they can keep an eye on you and make sure that you're not sitting on children? <laughs> yeah. I mean. Like, how are they supposed to keep track of how many kids he's sitting on if he's in fucking Montana? <laughs> I don't get it. How do you keep track of all the kids that he sits on? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, make it make sense. Okay. So, I don't, yeah, I don't understand what's going on here, but, like, he went off to stay with his mom in a new state full of fresh young children to sit on. All the kids. It was essentially the perfect deal for Nathaniel, as he had no issue at all committing crimes in a different state, just and getting away with it because he can because he's done it before he went to connecticut and got away with it and now he's being shipped off to fucking montana and they're just like be good pal don't sit on any children like i don't get it yeah no i just don't get it so it's situations like this that really piss me off because it could have been so easily prevented if you would have just put him in prison for the 18 to 22 years that he fucking deserved i and that one bastard ass fucking superior court judge letting him out like fuck you i hope i hope you, something not good happened to you i hope your car breaks down i hope that your wife leaves you or your you, husband or your partner i hope you choke on a chicken nugget i hope you choke on a fucking chicken nugget you stupid bad person awful this is your fault also i want to point out the fact that he moved to montana and he was not uh made he wasn't like nobody made him register as a sex offender there he was registered as a sex offender in massachusetts but when he moved to montana they were just like fresh start yeah no so they were like really setting him up for success here i'm pretty sure that's also a thing where like if you're a registered sex offender you can't leave the state or something because i don't know maybe i'm wrong so don't you have to like register or are you registered you're so su- you're supposed to like i think you're supposed to like check in you have like check-ins that you're supposed to do when you're a registered sex offender i'm not a registered sex offender so i don't know but regardless there the law where you have to register across state lines only got approved three months after he moved to Montana, so he, ah. like, missed that deadline. Of course he did. Or, I guess, not technically a deadline yet. He was ahead of the deadline. So, once he got there, he settled in and began conjuring up new ideas to lure kids in. He decided on attending all the weekly church gatherings. Ew. Um, I want to point out, this was not a Jewish church. It was a What Christian a good church. Jew. Yeah, like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and he also decided on Star Wars figurine collecting, mm. which was an easy and common topic to talk to and relate to little boys about. That's disgusting. He had no interest in Star Wars as far as I know. It wasn't like a thing. It's also a good way to kidnap my boyfriend. Well, your boyfriend Just isn't talk, seven years old. Talk to him about Star Wars. <laughs> So he started organizing yard sales where he would sell his Star Wars figurines, which naturally attracted plenty of young boys 
whom he was very friendly with, which made them feel safe around him. Classic predator move. Yeah. Nathaniel got away with attracting young boys and starting friendships with them as he disguised himself as a good-with-kids kind of man, like, out and about and at church, which is where most people judge you anyway. Now he's, like, you know, totally swerving them and making them think that he's just, like, this I-want-to-be-a-dad kind of guy, you know? But... Don't let this guy be a dad. Two years after he moved there, an eight-year-old boy that he had been babysitting... Ew, no. I don't know who let their child in his left their child in his supervision i have some words for that family um but this eight-year-old boy reported that nathaniel had been molesting him in december of 1993 the authorities were contacted and detective bill belushi was put on the case when bill questioned nathaniel about the molestation accusations nathaniel replied that it simply cannot be true because if he had truly molested that boy, he would have killed him too. He said that to a fucking detective. And the detective was just like, sure, excuse me? Oh. Excuse me? I can't do anything about it, but excuse me? Yeah, that's like... Yeah, no. Um, No. No. It's a big fucking no for me. It's a yeah. big fat fucking no for me. Uh, this is why I couldn't be a police officer. I couldn't. No. Like, I would literally just deck anyone who fucking <laughs> said shit like that to me. Yeah. I mean, at least you would be, like, doing something good I for choose, the public. I choose if violence. I wake up and choose violence. <laughs> Every day. Every day. But only against shit. serial killers and child predators. And, like, people who deserve it, you know. Yeah, like that fucking judge. Like the judge... Like, our neighbors upstairs. Oh, okay. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. They are really loud. the grocery store who cut me off or people on the road who cut me off. Like, it's whatever. You know what? Those are all valid. Right. Those are all fair. Right, right, fair, right, right. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, so the young boy's family did press charges against Nathaniel, but the case was dropped when Nathaniel's lawyer claimed he had a right to a speedy trial and that was being violated. I, you know, I've heard this term, right to a speedy trial. I don't know what the fuck it means. I've never had to know what it means, so I'm sorry. But, like, how do you just drop an entire case because they're like, this isn't happening fast enough? They're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Let's just fucking drop it. Like, time and time again, Nathaniel is getting away with everything. It's infuriating. It's so frustrating. All these children are just being, like, assaulted and raped and fucking sat on um i'm just letting you know like i'm genuinely like by the end of this story i'm probably gonna want to break something like i'm genuinely gonna be pissed i probably should have put a little disclaimer at the beginning that there's a lot of child stuff happening but we're we're in it now i'm sorry no yeah we'll put something in the notes right put a little little tw little tw um yeah no um I'm going to go back to the bullet idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sounding pretty good right about now. So, on February 10th, 1996, 10-year-old Zachary Ramsey disappeared. And I do want to say, before I start this part of what I'm about to get into, technically, 
Zachary Ramsey's case wasn't linked to fucking Nathaniel, but it's speculated that Nathaniel was, you know, the one who did the bad stuff. Okay, so witnesses saw a white Toyota, (laughs) I spelled it Toyota, (laughs) Toyota Camry nearly run Zachary over around 7.15 a.m. as he walked to school. Shaken up, the boy began to run and cry, but was chased by a large, very large, super big, fucking fat, middle-aged white man. The authorities were called, and when Bill Belushi got word of what happened, he put two and two together. He knew of a large, very large, super fucking large, middle-aged white man whose mother just so happened to own a white Toyota. Oh, it's a fucking Corolla. Did I say that? I called it a Camry earlier. It's a Corolla. A white Toyota Corolla. Okay, so, of course, it was Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Barjona. Of course it was. Because, like, duh, fat guy in a fucking Toyota Corolla. There aren't that many. And you're in Great Falls, Montana. Like, there really can't. I'm sorry, but there really can't be. (sighs) But when Bill went to the house to investigate, no one was home, even though the car was parked in the driveway. Unfortunately, Bill didn't have apparent probable cause or a search warrant, so there was nothing he could do. But he knew in his gut that Nathaniel was inside the house with Zachary. Yikes. Bill ended up leaving his card with a note instructing Nathaniel to call him, which he did not call him. But the visit to Nathaniel's home wasn't for nothing. It solidified that Nathaniel definitely had access to his mother's car that day as it was parked in the driveway out front. Right. Bill went back to the station to follow up with witnesses who claimed to have seen Nathaniel around the area Zachary was abducted from during the time that he was abducted, and they all saw him wearing his infamous police impersonating blue coat. Sick. Zachary had been so excited to go to school that day because that was the day he was being presented an award for an art project he had worked really hard on. So his family knew, you know, aside from it being uncharacteristic for him to skip, he had a, like, really strict father. Um, He definitely wouldn't have skipped that day in particular if he was ever going to skip. Um, They knew something really bad had happened to the 10-year-old boy. So not only was a police detective on the case, but the FBI was assigned to the case as well. But it didn't matter because there were no solid leads and nothing was done with the case for three years. That's so sad. I know. art prize. I know. Uh, It's devastating. But... It didn't matter. Bill Belushi got on, or I'm sorry, Bill Belushi tried to get search warrants for Nathaniel's home, but judges denied them because there was no sufficient evidence to tie him to the case, and he wasn't a registered sex offender in Montana. All they could think, or all they could link, was that his mom had a white Toyota Corolla and that Nathaniel attended the same church as Zachary's family. That's the only two things that the judge was like, mm, kind of, but it doesn't re- like it doesn't make enough sense for me to grant you a warrant. Like, step off. This is also why I couldn't be a judge because like if you come to me for a warrant, sure. I don't understand. Check it out. If there's like 
some if a police officer is like i want a warrant for this house fucking grant it obviously they have a reason and if they find something incriminating in the house well i feel like here's my thing if a police officer came knocking on my door and was like hey we're investigating a murder do you mind if we search your house if i'm not guilty go right the fuck ahead yes that's exactly what i mean like like get a warrant if you search my house and don't find anything great whatever if you if even if you don't have a warrant just come knocking on my door you want to come search my house fucking fine just yeah. put it back together when you're done another in here i understand that some people have things in their house they don't want police officers to see but as long as you're not fucking killing anybody yeah put it in your car or something i don't know like take it in your mom's house put it in storage for a second like i don't know <sighs> but like different stories for different folks but whatever yeah so I know it's bullshit with the witnesses and shit, but this meant that Nathaniel was free to do what he pleased yet again for three whole years. On the early morning of December 13th, 1999, an officer on his way to work who knew of Nathaniel's history back in Massachusetts saw him walking past an elementary school. The officer stopped and called for backup to confront Nathaniel as to why he was hanging around a school so early in the morning around the time when children would be starting to walk to school. And when the officer officers approached him, they noticed he was wearing a blue jacket that looked very similar to theirs. Hmm. They saw that Nathaniel had his hands stuffed in his pockets, to which they asked him to remove his hands twice, but both times he refused. They asked him if he had things in his pockets and he told them that he was armed with a stun gun so they did a pat down on him and they ended up finding that he was carrying a fake police badge a toy gun and two cans of pepper spray wonder what he was doing maybe impersonating a police officer to abduct a child i would say so i would fucking say so the officers contacted their shift commander who told them they could not arrest him. Like, I don't know what kind of pact with the devil this motherfucker made. <laughs> Maybe he did use that Ouija board that when he was fucking seven years old and just, like, made this, like, pact with the devil or something. But, like, he he keeps, like, sliding through, getting by. Like, with the bare minimum, like, he's impersonating a police officer out here. And... They're just like, let him go. It's fine. It's fine. He only has a fake badge, two cans of pepper spray, and a fake gun. And he's hanging outside of a fucking elementary school. It's fine. He's probably not doing anything wrong. Uh, But somebody got some sense talking to them. And the next day, he was arrested for impersonating a police officer. And carrying a concealed weapon. Finally, on December 15th, 1999... Bill Belushi's application for a warrant was approved. Fucking finally, you stupid judge bitch. Nathaniel was now living alone in an apartment, and Bill could not wait to bust him. He was like, I'm fucking coming for you. Bitch. You and your fat ass. On his application, he wrote that he intended to find police impersonation paraphernalia, but knew in his gut he would be finding much more. Hell yeah. Bill Belushi. Bill Belushi, my guy. Coming through. My fucking guy. Got a butt that won't quit. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) maybe. Well, we know that what's his nuts. Nathaniel has 
an ass that don't stop. A butt that won't quit. A booty that don't scooty. (laughs) Upon searching Nathaniel's home, they did find all of the police impersonation gear, but also tons of photos and disposable cameras. Photos of children. Uh, two entire albums full of cut out pictures of children from like yearbooks and Ew. newspapers. A pulley attached to the ceiling in his kitchen where a rope could be hung. Ew. Manuals on how to tie a variety of knots. And a book about autoerotic asphyxia. Asphyxia. Oh. Just normal things. Autoerotic asphyxia. Just sexy things. Just some sexy stuff. So after this search, Nathaniel was arrested and charged with impersonating a police officer for real because, you know, they finally have all the stuff. And Bill went back for a second police warrant, this time to see if he could find any other pictures of children in Nathaniel's apartment because technically they couldn't search for more um, because they were looking for this one thing. So he had to go back and get another warrant, which was approved. They found much more than they thought that they would. Um, They found more disposable cameras with undeveloped film, which would later be developed and depict naked pictures of Nathaniel with three young boys. Imagine being the person who had to develop those pictures. I could not imagine. To get to a right Hopefully they, I don't know if they like have to look at those pictures. Hopefully they didn't. I'm sure. But I mean, if like a police officer came to you and was like, can you develop these? I would definitely have a peek. Oh, yeah. I would regret it, though. Well, I think, too, I'm assuming anyway, they probably have some sort of forensic thing that they like do to develop the picture. So I'm sure they I'm don't sure just, they don't take it to right. I'm sure they're not just taking it to like a drugstore. <laughs> I'm such a I, dumbass, dude. I'm like, oh, that right-aid employee is probably shook. I could be totally wrong here. Oh, um, my God. It's not very common that you develop film anymore. But if I had to guess, I would say they probably do it somewhere within the police station. <laughs> You're probably right. Anyway, um, okay, so they had all those pictures developed. They found a bulletin board filled with children's pictures. 38 boxes, 38 boxes of newspaper articles about children and missing children. Over 3,500 other photos of children. Jesus Christ. A list of 53 children's names, one of which was Zachary Ramsey. Others were children in the building that would later go on to confess that Nathaniel had sexually assaulted them. And tons of handwritten letters that described recipes containing human meat, specifically little boy meat. Okay. Okay. Some of these recipes were named little boy pot pie french fried kid lunch is served on the patio with roasted child barbecued kid sex a la carte little boy stew and my little kid dessert so how do we feel about that planchettes Mm -hmm. not not very hungry right now no i just had a hot pocket and it's gonna come back up here shortly you just wait. It's about to get worse. Good. <laughs> just when you thought it couldn't. You know, I always bring the fucking juice. I, like, I have no chill. Most I of the time no I'm here for here. it. But again, I just ate a Hot Pocket, and I already wasn't feeling too good after it. So, like, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fine. 
It'll be fine. You'll be fine. Take a deep breath. Okay. Upon further investigation, police found a large wooden slab that had been bleached to hell with a fuck ton of slash marks in it. So what one might assume is a chopping block, a cutting board, a butchering block, a little boy butchering block, perhaps Woof. a meat grinder with human hair in it. <gasps> Which, when tested, was the hair of an African-American male. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it didn't say that it had, like, meat in it still. Otherwise, I'm assuming they would have tested that and been like, this is fucking human meat. But there was oddly hair in it. At Nathaniel's mother's home, where he had been living when Zachary disappeared, they found 21 human bone fragments, but none of them could be linked to Zachary. The fragments did, though, test that it, they came from a boy between 8 and 18 years old, I want to say. 8 and 16 years old. Something like that. A young man. Yep. So police tried to examine the home's sewer pipes, but were informed that they had been replaced by the new tenants because they kept clogging. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. That's just... That... It hurts my stomach. I'm like tingly and goosebumpy and gross feeling all over. I imagine, you know that, I mean, you've seen Fight Club, right? Nope. Okay, listen. I want to say something. I watch movies. <laughs> I know I say all the time I don't watch movies and it's just kind of a joke. I have seen a fuck ton of movies in my life, okay? I, maybe planchettes can relate. What I'm picturing about these like sewer pipes being clogged is like that scene in fight club where brad pitt goes to get the or not brad pitt whatever the main guy he goes to get those like bags of human fat to make soap and one gets caught on the chain link fence or the um what's it called barbed wire i don't remember i haven't seen the movie in a long time but it rips and then the fat goes fucking everywhere and it looks so fucking gross it's so nasty that's what i imagine that these pipes look like is i'm not having a good time in my brain right now let's talk about the fact that you are talking about a movie that i've never seen you should watch that movie it's really good i do know that the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club that is very true so started a fight club in high school no he didn't i swear to god he came home with bruises all over his body that is insane that is such a young man thing he's so stupid i love him so much but he's so stupid (laughs) love you dylan love you bro never met you bro but you much, might much love much love you might shortly. i'm sure one day so why is he planning on coming over emily is oh is that his girlfriend yeah oh my brain doesn't make i don't know i don't know if dylan's coming but emily is well he's welcome anyway anybody want to come over <laughs> i'm just kidding we're having a fight club <laughs> no we won't but we can watch fight club i will watch fight club i love movies We'll have a fight club, but again, the first rule of fight club is don't talk about fight club, so like, wink, wink. Can we have like a baking club or like a book club instead? We're on a diet. Well, we can bake healthy things. Bake broccoli. We can can bake some like, oh, we can bake some oat bars. Wow. We can bake, um, chicken. (laughs) Whoa, yummy. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Okay. So, so, Okay let's let's take it back for a second let's think about this nathaniel had this meat grinder with human hair in it human bones in 
his mother's former home's garage. And witness accounts of Nathaniel holding barbecues where he served unidentifiable meat in the the form of one spaghetti with meat sauce (laughs) two meat pies that's sweet sweetie todd sweetie todd he didn't cut hair he sat on people it's santa todd well there was hair in his meat grinder and they're feeding them meat pies with human in it that's fucking sweeney todd it's santa todd taylor santa todd okay okay three casseroles with meat inside like a tuna casserole meaty casserole no (laughs) little boy casserole (laughs) and four burgers many of the neighbors who attended the barbecues complained about the awful meat but nathaniel claimed it was deer though no one had ever seen him hunt he did not have any hunting gear nor a hunting license dude if 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 i suspected that somebody fed me human meat i would shit on their front porch (laughs) i would shove a spoon in their neck and then i'd hunt them down i'd have a manhunt you ever seen Always Sunny where they hunt cricket? Oh my That's god, That's what yeah. would happen. I'd teabag him, <laughs> I'd find somebody to teabag him, and then I'd gorilla glue pubes <laughs> to their face. It's, dude, it's so gross. Like, oh, it just, like, makes my mouth feel gross, you I'm know? I'm disgusted, I'm angry, I'm mortified. Imagine taking a bite of a burger and it's just like some stank meat and you're just like i fucking love cheeseburgers i love cheeseburgers I'm and now them for you. i'm never gonna eat one again i already have a problem with me and now you're telling me that oh made wait them. oh my god oh, i have good. something else it to say better. okay <laughs> something else to say i don't think it oh it's like farther down in my notes okay okay, <clears throat> okay so well then we'll have well, another rant in a minute <laughs> okay 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 so um considering that nathaniel previously described his morbid fantasies and sucking his own wounds didn't really count as cannibalism. It's speculated that he was most likely serving himself and his neighbor's human meat, as that was the only thing on his list of sexual fantasies he had not yet accomplished. So, in that be- in the beginning of that sentence, you said, sucking his own? I thought you were going to say sucking his own dick. And I'm like, no. This guy's 400 pounds and you're telling me he can suck his own dick? That would be so. so impressive. That would be disgusting. Gossip. I don't even know what that would look like. I don't want to know. Can we all just imagine for a let's second? Let's not. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Okay. So um, it was speculated. Okay. No, this is it. This is it. Okay. Are you ready? All right. It was speculated. <laughs> let's fucking go. Okay. Deep breath. <clears throat> I'm going to laugh. I'm so sorry. It's so bad. It's so bad. It was speculated that he brought some of this raw human meat to the Hardy's fast food restaurant he worked at and served it there as the burgers to customers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we okay? I just drooled. I'm so not okay. okay right now. So, let's talk about this. I only eat McDonald's cheeseburgers. Ew. I know that that's disgusting. 
I know it. But I'm already <clears throat> terrified that because my cheeseburger order is so annoying that somebody's spitting in my food. And now I'm going to be afraid that somebody's putting a fucking little boy patty on my fucking <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It's, like, so crazy. I mean, I can't prove – nobody can prove that that's real. That was just something that they, like, were, like, maybe he did that. But, like – I'm I uh, I don't even Fucking know. Fucking bad. The next time I get a cheeseburger from McDonald's, if it tastes even slightly off, I am storming in that McDonald's and I'm like, "Look, I don't want your little boy cheeseburger. <laughs> Give me a normal fucking burger." Oh my god, dude, you're going to get arrested. Oh. I don't want your little boy patties. <laughs> I'm literally oh. Oh my god, dude. I don't I'm I don't raging even right know. now. I'm, I'm raging. I'm hurt inside. I'm not okay. Okay, okay, okay. Thank God that was never proven. I don't know if anybody came forward and was like, yeah, I got this. I went through the drive-thru earlier, and now I've got some stank meat. Like, I don't know. Okay. Getting cold sweats. I'm so, like, Moving on. Moving on. We're going to move on. During his trial, witnesses came forward claiming that Nathaniel talked about Zachary Ramsey all the time claiming that he could never be found because he had been chopped up and hidden in various places. Hmm. Yeah, people's pretty specific. <laughs> yeah. Now, they're... Zachary Ramsey was turned into some poopy, and he went down <laughs> the floating train. in the ocean somewhere. clogged up the pipes. Stop. I'm so sorry. The little Zachary. Zachary. Okay, moving on. At one point, Nathaniel told Zachary Ramsey's mom... I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm just so uncomfortable right now. Okay. At one point, Nathaniel told Zachary Ramsey's mother to her face that he hunted, killed, butchered, and wrapped the meat of her son. He said that to Zachary's mother. But Zachary's mom claimed she did not believe Nathaniel had anything to do with her son's disappearance because she believed he was alive and in Italy. How the fuck would he have gotten to Italy? Listen, she saw some kind of military video that had footage of a young boy that looked just like Zachary, and she was convinced that it was him. Despite the FBI telling her, no, ma'am, that is not your son. We promise you, she was adamant that it was because a psychic had told her so. I have some beef with this psychic because you know, you fucking know that psychic was one, wrong, two, probably banking on this poor, vulnerable woman who was like, I just want to know if my son's okay. She probably goes to that psychic all the, all the fucking time and is like, is my son alive? And she's like, yes, ma'am, that will be $400. I am all for psychics. Like, if you want to go, like, just for the fun of it, great. But for a psychic to profit off of a grieving mother or parent or whatever family member, I got beef with that. And in turn, the most, I mean, most likely the person who killed your son you're just suddenly convinced that they're not the murderer because this person is telling you that your kid's alive with no factual evidence to back it up i'm pissed this bullshit this poor mother but i mean if if believing that he's alive in italy for some fucking reason somehow brings her peace of mind then 
I guess more power to you. Nope. Who am I to say? Other young witnesses came to the stand, a couple of which were Nathaniel's neighbors, whose names were on his list, and who were in the photos the police had gotten developed. Ooh. The boys reported that the pulley in Nathaniel's kitchen was part of his sexual abuse process. Nathaniel would hang the boys from ropes, choke them, then sexually assault them, and then they would have a sexual sleepover. Also, I don't know who's letting their kids stay the night at... A grown man's house? This grown man's apartment. No. These These kids lived in his building, so it's like... It doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. No, my it, children will not be staying at any grown adult's apartment unless, <clears throat> you know, no. Never. 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 Okay. On July 5th, 2002, Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Barjona was charged with three counts of sexual assault, one count of aggravated kidnapping, and one count of assault with a weapon, to which he pled not guilty. Of course he did. Even though he said straight up to Zachary's mom's face that he fucking butchered and packaged his, her son's meat. Right. He was sentenced to 100 years for the sexual assault convictions, an additional 20 years for the ass- assault. Wait, did I write that? Oh, assault with a weapon. And classified as a three-tier, tier three sex offender. With no possibility for parole. Thank God. And actually, one of the young boys that testified about what Nathaniel had been doing to him and the other boys who went to the sexual sleepover went to go visit him in jail during the trial and wrote him a note about how Nathaniel made him feel cared for and safe and he never did anything wrong to him. And in the note said, I miss you, big guy. Ew. How fucking disgusting and uncomfortable and grooming and predatory and fucking just that poor kid he's probably fucked up now i hope not i hope he got therapy and like got over it but anyway two years into nathaniel benjamin levi bar jonah's sentence on april 14 2008 he was found dead in his jail cell died of a heart attack because he was a big fat motherfucker I, I was hoping someone killed him, but whatever. Killed himself, eating all that little boy meat. Ugh. All those, um, what was it called? All those uh, little boy stews. All the um, French fried kid and my little kid desserts. Sex a la carte. Sex a la carte. Woo! All right. That is the um, unfortunately disturbing case of nathaniel benjamin levi barjona well i am pissed yeah me too freaking real freaking pissed okay i'm sorry everybody you know what it's fine because that's what we're here for yeah i mean all the fucked up shit you're welcome well we're gonna go on to something a little lighter okay cool bring it up we're talking about a lord today hey and we're gonna talk about the hawaiian night marchers Ooh. You ever heard of those? I think a little bit, but I don't know. I had not until I was, like, Googling lores because I didn't have one on the top of my head, and this was one that popped up a couple times, so. Hell yeah, I was calling to you. I know. 
Let us have it. So this one's kind of a short one, but I think it's really interesting and kind of cool. Yay. So the Hawaiian night marchers are the spirits of ancient Hawaiian warriors. Um, uh, oh, on certain nights designated by the moon to honor the Hawaiian gods, Kane, Ku, Lono, Lono, Lono. These are Hawaiian names, so I apologize if I butcher them. Um, but it's yes. So on certain nights designated by the moon to honor the Hawaiian gods, Kane, Ku, Lono, or on nights Kanalawa, Kanaloa, the warriors are said to come from their burial sites or the ocean to march to ancient battle sites or sacred places. Mm. The most common nights for the night marchers are called Po Kane, which is the night of the Hawaiian god Kane, spirits of chiefs, priests, and close attendants. Um, the other night being Poakua, Poakua, which is on the 14th night of the new moon, which is the, which consists of the spirits of chiefs, warriors, and Amwaka, Am- Amakua, Amakua. <laughs> sorry, this is like, I'm so sorry if I'm offending anybody. Um, which are guardian spirits, and they march between sunrise and sunset. So you said the 14th day of a new moon. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like a half moon? I have no idea. Isn't that how like the moon works? I have no idea. Unless, for some reason, they have, like, new moons for 14 days. That would be, like, so scary. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, The warriors looked like normal-sized people dressed for battle, carrying spears, torches, clubs. Some will bang war drums, and some are blowing conch shells to announce the march. Fun. When they march, they are suspended in the air. Their feet do not touch the ground or water. Um, because they don't want to leave any evidence of them being there. They float. They float. Sick. Yeah. You'll float too. Stop it. This is not Pennywise. <clears throat> Sorry. That's a really good movie, though. I have yeah. seen that movie. It's very good. It's one of my favorites. Anyway, uh, the warriors march between sunset and sunrise in the dark on the island of Oahu. Um, however, they have been seen or heard on other islands of Hawaii, but Oahu is the most common. Um, The only time that they might be seen during the day is if they're escorting a dying relative to the spirit world. I know. I think that's very wholesome. That's really sweet. Um, People who live along their marching path will hear chanting, conch shells, and marching. People who hear the warriors are immediately to go inside or lay face down not to look up to avoid being noticed by the marchers. Mm. Um, If you look at them and they see you notice them, they will hunt and harm or kill you. Oh, my. Yeah. Yikes. Um, laying motionless face down is a sign of respect as well as fear, and those people will be spared. Okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry. So if you see one of these in your peripheral vision, you can't look to be sure. You just have to get on the ground and lay face down. Yeah, so I'm going to, in a little bit, I'll talk about, like, the signs that they're coming. Okay. And, like, most people, like, if you, like, see or hear the signs... Oh, okay. You know it's either you, go like, inside or, like, immediately down. get face down. Okay. Scary. I know. Um, you can also be spared, though, if you have an ancestor marching mm. as one of the warriors. That's, um, like, a big gamble, though. I know. But no one in the line will harm you if that's the case. And if you do have an ancestor marching, they will yell, Nau, which means mine. And, again, oh. no one in the line will harm you. Mine. 
Mine. Mine. Mine. Mine. <laughs> um, the ceremony is customized to the taste of its honored warrior leader. A chief or king known to be fond of music would be honored with drumming or chanting. If the king enjoyed peace and quiet, the ceremony would be silent. If the chief or king doesn't like walking, he would be carried in a sling. Aren't like they floating anyway? I mean, I'm sure they still do the walking motion. They're not just like... Okay. I don't know if they know that they're not walking. I don't know. This is just what the internet told me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I hope they don't come for me because I'm like... Make it make sense. I think, I think it'll be fine. Um, in ancient Hawaiian lore, body parts of a chief or king were considered sacred and not to be seen by mortal eyes. So the punishment for looking at these parts is instant death, usually by bolts of intense light and flaming heat coming from the warrior's eyes. What? <laughs> like fucking Cyclops. <clears throat> I love that. Um, the person at the under other end of this like the mortal human mm -hmm. um is incinerated instantly Whoa. Yeah. so if a king or chief's face was not to be seen they would lead the march so that their back was to everybody if their back was not to be seen they'd be in the back of the group so no one could see their back um, and some didn't have parts that were forbidden to see so they'd march in the middle with other warriors fun Part yeah. of the group. Yeah. Um, the first thing noticed as night marchers approach are loud war drums in the distance. Then you will smell a foul, death-like odor. And you will hear the tone of a conch shell being blown as a warning to mortals to get out of their way. And okay. And you will see the torches getting brighter and brighter as the night marchers get closer. <laughs> and then... Other just like side characteristics were heavy wind, rows of spirits carrying torches, alternating male and female rows. So like one mm. rose male, one rose female. Interesting. Um, accompanying lightning and thunder, heavy rain or high surf, chanting and drum beating, um, the bright torches again, game playing and revelry. I don't really know what that means, but. Um, frolicking in a field? Maybe. <clears throat> Um, and then mist or fog as well. Wow, there's a lot of things that could happen. I would just be face down all the time. I know. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, Just become the I snail. Mean, if there's fog, like, do I stop, drop, and roll? Yes. Like, to be it's, safe. It's just fucking You don't want to be blown up. You don't want to be hit with the eye lasers. Yeah. So uh, terrifying. So there is a shrub called tea. T-I. I think that's how you would say it. T that makes sense. T, yeah. tie, whatever. Um, which is the only... It's a shrub, and it is the only thing that will, like, deter the warriors. Mm. So a lot of people in Hawaii, um, like, in the areas that are relevant to this, mm -hmm. um, they'll plant them around their homes because it was... There's, like, a thing where your front door and, like, if you have a back door, they can't be, like, lined up together, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, like, they had to be, like, uneven because then it, like, they could just go through it or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was, like, it was, like, something weird. But basically, if a barrier is placed in their path, it will not deter them. Um, they will go straight through it unless it is that shrub that I mentioned. Oh. Um, 
And like I said, people will place them around their homes to deter them. And then just some like common like locations. There's um, Oahu's Pali Highway, which runs along the famous, okay, bear with me here, Kamehameha Maha Battle Site? Kamehameha? Yeah, something like that. Um, and it runs along that battle site, and nighttime visits, especially alone, are not recommended for that. The Kamehameha Schools Campus in Kapalama on Oahu, over 100 years old, is said to have been visited by night marchers on many occasions. Ooh. I wonder uh, if they do. No. Stupid question. Do they do ghost tours? Probably not. Probably not. Um, at Kualoa Ranch on Oahu's windward coast, night marchers have been spotted around an area that is said to house the remains of hundreds of Hawaiian chiefs. Um, and are said to be responsible for a good many nighttime car crashes. Oh. So for like a lot of car crashes in that area. That's sad. At La Perouse Bay, an area in the Ahihi Kinau Natural Area Preserve in South Maui, the restless night marchers are said to roam along the hardened lava landscape in search of mischief. Love that. Love that for them. Love that for them. Just a little frolicking in the lava land. Yes. Finding some mischief. Just frolicking. I'm like getting midsummer vibes here. Oh, I'm loving it. The town of Konakakai? Konakakai. On Molokai is rumored to be a night marcher hotspot as the remnants of... Um, a sacred temple site are located nearby. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'm just going to offend somebody. I'm waving at my dog. Oh, I'm like, what are you waving at? <clears throat> um, Lai on Oahu was a city of refuge in ancient Hawaii where criminals and offenders of the culture's strict Aikapu religious practices were held. Aikapu. Um, and spirits of soldiers are said to roam the outskirts of this place in search of possible escapees. Wow, they are really strict. I know. They're doing the most. So all of those locations were on Oahu. Um, there's also Moana Lua, Lua on Oahu, uh, Kahakuloa on Maui, Kika on Maui, this is awful. I'm so fucking sorry. Okay. Um, Hanapepe on Kauai. Hokunui on Lanai. Lanai? Lanai? Lani? Lani? <laughs> um, Waipo Valley on the Big Island. Hilo on the Big Island. And Waipo on the Big Island. Waipio. Waipio? I don't know. But all of those awful, awful... <sighs> pronunciations aside most of those were on oahu and there's a couple on the other islands but that's about it love that like i said it was really trialing ghosts it was really short but i thought it was really fun um yeah those are some and pretty cool intense warriors i'm glad that we don't live somewhere where like warriors just decide to roam the streets whenever they fucking feel like it and like take people out with their eye lasers Mm, yeah like I would love to. I would love that. to live in Hawaii, though. I'm not gonna lie. 
apparently there's like a lot of homeless people everywhere i mean like i guess if i lived in hawaii i would totally be homeless right like i'll just sleep on a beach yeah that sounds sick actually the night marchers might get you if you sleep on a beach well they're not doing their job because there's a lot of homeless people there like a lot well then count me in as one i am down (laughs) yeah you can all fight start like a homeless brigade and take on the night marchers we could start a homeless people fight club and place bets I will be baking. Hmm. I'm going to be in my house in Hawaii baking. Well, then can we be roommates in Hawaii again? Oh, yeah. I'm down. Okay, cool. Yeah! Yeah, that was about it. Sorry. I'm, like, really tired now. Well, I kept you up until it's 1220. Yet again, our episode is supposed to come out. And I am... supposed to come out 20 minutes ago. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I was doing the extra most bestest. Why do I say that in every episode? I was crocheting while you were doing that. I started crocheting a shirt for myself. Yeah. How's that going? It's going really good. It looks really good so far. I can't wait to see it. I have never completed a crochet project in my life, so I'm determined. I started a blanket once, but then I forgot to count how many stitches were in each row, and now it's all lopsided, and it's ugly, and I gave up on it like over a year ago. Yeah. Still in my room. I love that for you. Thanks. Anyway... Y'all can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can email us at creepyweegeepod at gmail.com. You can follow us personally if you want. Tay underscore MCN or... Freak on a leash underscore on Instagram and Twitter. I will warn you that my Twitter is a BTS stain account, so follow at your own risk. I don't really use Twitter. I couldn't tell you what my username is. Pretty sure it's Tay McNeil something sick well i tagged you in a tweet the other day it's on our twitter page again i don't use twitter i didn't even know that you tagged me in something so it's fine it's fine (laughs) uh you can leave us a review wherever you're streaming we would greatly appreciate it give us a five star review it takes five seconds you can rise a little diddly rise a little diddly rise a little diddly do and i will love you you heard frick yeah so next week Little Tete, I'm gonna have you do a conspiracy. A conspiracy. Yeah. Well, then I'm gonna have you do a cult. Hell and yeah. Next, next week wraps up season two, y'all. Oh my god, it, what? It's our next week is episode 10 Whoa. of season two, and then we have a great ass creep show coming for you. Yeah, we are doing something a little different this week for creep show but we'll season we're not gonna tell you about it you yeah it'll have, be a fun surprise have to wait and see it'll be a fun surprise uh, but still if you guys want to send us emails you are more than welcome to we love it when you do that i know we get we get so many like cool happy. ones yeah you guys are dope little planchettes little planchettes well we'll be back here next tuesday hopefully not past midnight so fingers crossed at least i don't have to work until like 12 30 tomorrow <laughs> hell yeah okay. okay okay bye, bye.